Hello, and welcome back to the More Than Creative podcast with your host, Dakota Hersey, and my brother Weston is with me today. Hello. Which he will very likely be joining us on the future podcast episodes as like, now that he is the producer and manager of the podcast. And some of that I'll explain, I'll probably go into more detail later because there's a lot of lessons that have been learned in the past couple of months that I have taken off and not posted from the podcast. But my original goal for More Than Creative as a business was to be very meta in helping people grow their businesses. And one of those things is like accepting that entrepreneurship is just a constant learning journey. And that even if on the outside, it looks like you have it all together, you may launch your podcast and then go dark for four months (laughs) or three months. And that is life and that is okay. So anyway, so we are here today. And one of the things that I am really excited about with the direction of the podcast is that I am now starting to work on client projects for more than creative. And there is a lot of content and learning coming out of it in real time. And so I really want the podcast to be kind of a place where we are able to talk through the things that we are learning and the things that we're exploring with other business owners. And then Weston is here to make it easier so that that way I'm not just talking Talking to to myself. Even though in my head I was like, I am a talker. I can talk to anybody. And sometimes I find myself talking at people instead of with them. But so yeah, Weston will either be a wall, (laughs) the stand-in wall. Stone face, just staring at (laughs) you. Just to give, make me have the illusion that I'm having a conversation with somebody. No, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of input that now that he's going to be working with me more on more than creative projects. So this will be fun for you guys to kind of also get to know him as you dive deep into the depths of my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So today we want to talk about the concept of choosing adjectives and words to define your brand that actually speak to what your brand is rather than what you think it should be or the things that sound nice or what I've been seeing a lot of people doing is like picking the words that basically like the industry is telling you that it should be because that's what everybody else is using. And so actually this originated, this concept originated from when I was redoing my own brand and I was working with Kindly by Kelsey, who has just rebranded into Simber. She is a phenomenal graphic designer team. They do websites, they do brands, and it's very intentional. And the reason that I worked with them is because I could tell that they led with strategy before just picking pretty things, which unfortunately, and fortunately, a lot of designers just create a lot of beautiful things but those don't necessarily lead to more revenue, which is what we're looking for. So in my onboarding questionnaire with her, she asked the question, what are five adjectives that define your brand? And then what are five adjectives that do not? And I thought that these two questions were so interesting and they were probably my favorite questions to answer in the whole questionnaire, just because I love words. I have a word of the year. Looking into the definition and understanding the connotation of words is like 
I don't know, just like the secret thing that I like really love doing. And so as I have started to work with people on their brands, I actually have been incorporating that question into my own onboarding questionnaire. And it's really crazy to me how people are just, they get stumped on that question every single time. They are not good at picking words. And so when I was explaining to Weston the other day, cause we were trying to put together some recap client blog post for Dakota Hersey photography for some past brand clients, I was telling him about how I had dove deep with Sydney Media actually was the client that I was working on because she had words to define herself. And then I was like, I just don't think that's what you're actually trying to say because I know her so well and I and it didn't line up with all of the other things that she had put in her brand questionnaire. So we probably spent 30 minutes just trying to figure out exactly what the right word was. And so, yeah, so we just wanted to talk about that because we, through that conversation, realized that there's words. Whoops. So we realized through that conversation that there are words that we want to pick the definitions of and like dive into those. But then there's also the connotation of them and what they actually mean to us in society and the way that we use them. And then also just my ultimate goal is just to try to get people away from using the words that we have I don't know, just the like words of the industry. Right, yeah. right. Like we've just like taken them and every industry is different and you will know what the words are for your own industry. But it's like we've taken these words and we have just watered them down so much in some cases where it's like I don't know, like photographers I'm coming for you. <laughs> but it's like timeless romantic classic photos for couples in love. Like how many times have you heard that? How many times have you seen that on somebody's website? And also when you think about that, it doesn't bring any specific photographer to mind. And yet everybody uses that as their adjectives to describe themselves. And so, yeah, I am on a mission to have people broaden their vocabulary. (laughs) Let's find some other words. And yeah, let's, let's find something that like actually fits like custom tailored to you, not just something that you like went and picked up at H&M. Yeah. This, this conversation gives me, brings back trauma of like, you know, when you're like in kindergarten or well, kindergarten is a little young, but you're like in like third grade and they're like, give five words to describe you every single time. Fun, cool, smart, funny, (laughs) and friendly. (laughs) Those five. And every single time as I'm writing them, I'm like, this is not me at all. <laughs> but I was like, if I read these, I would think this is a cool kid. So I was like, that's what I'm going for. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. You can heal your inner child. But yeah. now, I, yeah. n- now you just need to give me five. We'll post your five adjectives of how you would actually describe yourself now. Oh God, I couldn't. I couldn't figure <laughs> it out. Okay, so... I guess what direction should we go in? Because there's there's a lot of w- different ways that we can do this. But maybe we'll start off with with an example of asking, because it all starts off with those two questions of like, yeah, what are of the like... five adjectives that describe you? So with this, if you are doing this for yourself, which I highly recommend you use this as like an exercise, the first word, at least for me, And this goes for pretty much any time that I'm writing or even like when I've picked my word of the year, 
the first word that comes to you is almost never the word that you end up with. Like that's just kind of like where your brain goes first. So when you're picking a word to describe your brand and your business, there's a couple different things that you can think about. Like you can think about the way that you want people to feel. You can think about the way like aesthetically that you look or like the aesthetic that you're trying to have. If you have like a tangible product, you can kind of think about the words that you would use to describe that, whether that's like an actual product or like if you're a photographer, I just lean more towards that because that's who I've been working with. And obviously that's my personal experience with it. But what I have found with people is that they lean on words like what you just said, where it's like, well, this is kind of what I think people want to hear from me, or like, this is how I kind of want to be perceived. And I do like perception is reality. So there is an aspect of it of, yes, you all of branding and all of this stuff is marketing is how you want to be perceived. But I also think that it's like, trying to find a balance of really buzzword, like niching down and trying to put yourself into like a really custom set of words. So for example, cause I know this is kind of like, okay, Dakota, I hear you pick a word, but I don't know. Now I feel like I can't like use any word that immediately comes to mind with Julia from Sydney media. One of the words that she used as her adjective was fun. And I had a hard time with that word for her because when you think about what she was trying to say is she wants to be perceived as professional and she's going to have a lot of care with the way that she handles capturing your wedding day and your experience. But she also wants people to know that like she likes to make jokes and she wants to like, she wants to have fun And she wants people to feel comfortable, welcomed, all of those different things. But when we started to talk about it, I was like, for me and for a lot of other people, the connotation of fun is like, I don't know, for me, I'm like, that's like confetti and pink. And like, it's going to be like a little serious. Yeah. Unserious, like childish. Yeah, juvenile, fun, but not juvenile. Right, right. And so the more that we dug into it, I was like, I really don't believe, this doesn't mean that like she couldn't use fun, but all of the other things that she had written about her brand and the things that I know about her, I was like, I just don't think that fun really fits you because that also implies like loud and like, I don't, like carnival. Yeah, you're getting into like, the connotation of the word fun. Like right. It's like fun is associated with a bunch of other things that like maybe you don't want to be associated with. So it's like trying to, using the word again, niche down, yeah. you know, get away from the things that they're already associated with. So I think, you know, talking about where you do like the I am this but not this mm-hmm. statement, like that's super helpful. Yeah, which and that's where the con- the two questions of like what are the five adjectives yeah. that you are and what are the five adjectives that you're not comes from because it's supposed to say like a lot of the ways that people will answer these questions because I'm just finding that people just have a hard time with words mm-hmm. and like trying to find the words that describe them. They would say like 
I am fun, but not boring. And it's like, well, yes, yeah. <laughs> that, that is you are because you are fun. Like you're not putting the opposite word when you say the words that don't describe yourself. The better answer to that would say, I am fun, but not juvenile yeah. or I am fun, but not, not silly, silly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it's like trying to use that as your opportunity to further describe what you are. And, and obviously in this case, these questions are being asked by people who are trying to help build something to represent your brand. But you knowing this is going to help drive everything that you create for yourself because, and then also making sure that your messaging is staying really consistent so that that way, you know, you're not just throwing something vague to people and then it doesn't, it's like, it's not really quite hitting the way that you want so yeah, so I think that we talked a lot about connotation and trying to have people understand like when you pick a word that you might feel like, let's say like a lot of photographers use the word intimate as a word to describe themselves. They take, you know, like I am a romantic intimate photos for your day. And I understand where that came from. It, it came from the concept of like, a wedding day being this like really intimate and special occasion where like you're, I mean, it's like about love, like you're committing yourself to each other. Personal. Yes. Yeah. Like, and maybe the person who originally introduced the word intimate as a word to describe was trying to like, yeah, like I'm not this like loud person that's going to come in and do whatever. It's like, I'm going to be kind of in the background and I will be, like capturing things as they're happening and, and mm-hmm. all of the things that you want someone to feel on a wedding day mm-hmm. where you're like, I'm not going to come in and be the star of the show. Yeah, soft. Yes. And also film photography. You know, like it makes sense when you think about it, like, oh yeah, this word, the more that we talk about it, it's like, yes, this is great. But then also when you think about like, I would have to look up what the actual definition of intimate is, but when you think about the connotation of it, you're also thinking about like, I don't know, like intimate is almost, when you think about the connotation, it almost doesn't describe weddings because it's like, well, there's a lot of people here. So the, so the definition is, the first definition is closely acquainted, familiar or close. Okay. And the second one is private and personal. And then that's when it's used as an adjective. And then a noun is a very close friend, his circle of intimates. Okay. So you can use it as a noun. Okay, so that makes sense. So yeah, close, familiar. But, like, this is how we get onto connotation. Like the very next, for like the second adjective example, the example is intimate details of his sexual encounters. So yeah. it's like, see, like it's immediately tied to like... Sexual yeah, stuff. Sexual yeah, which, stuff. Is, which is what we were talking about the other day that I was like, I think that it's interesting because someone picked this word intimate because they liked the the first definition of it where it's like close and familiar, like a close friend. Yeah, I love that. But then also the word private is in there, which it's like, okay, that's kind of interesting because then you're like, if you are an intimate photographer, then it's like you're also a private, like, and then privacy like starts to lead where that's yeah. where it's like it's tied to like well, sexual. Like, and photos then, are inherently not private. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of strange to me where – People, and I do think that there are some people out there that like, when I look at their stuff, I'm like, 
oh, that is very, that's intimate photography. Mm -hmm. Like it does very much like elopement makes so much sense because it's like, if it's just you two and a photographer at the top of a mountain, that's pretty intimate. Yeah. It's private. There's nobody there. It's like, I think it's less about like the photos and more about the experience when like intimate is used. Like it's like, it's like more of like a intimate environment, you know? Yeah. Instead of like the style of photography. But I think that when people use it, that's not a clear, that's not very clear that that's what they're talking about. They're talking about the experience because like, you know, if someone was to just say the phrase intimate photography, I would think boudoir. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> I, I, like that's immediately where my mind goes. Right. Like, it's not like, but if someone was like an intimate experience with photography, I know I would still think boudoir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that I think that that word was originally used by people. Like I've seen people using it intentionally and I'm like, yeah, that again, like elopement, boudoir, like something yeah. where it's like, it is a private, smaller experience that makes sense. But I also think that that's a really good example of people within the industry, like not really, not really thinking about how it applies to them, but they're just like, well, that sounds nice. And it sounds like that's what other people are looking for. So I'm going to put it, you know, romantic, classic, timeless, intimate, raw moments. Like, it's just like, yeah. okay, I mean... Well, if everybody else is using it, it's safe. Right, right. And that's where I'm like, I think that a lot of times it's hard for people to choose words to describe them because it is a form of labeling. And it's like you feel it's difficult to then like put a label on yourself and like brand base literally brand yourself with some specific word. But I also think that it's really important that you do that because you think about like, if you just haphazardly throw a word on your website, it's at best just not going to attract the person that you want to work with. And then at worst, it's actually going to turn away the person that you want to work with because they're reading it going, yeah, like, ew. Yeah. (laughs) Or, or, you know, you take it the other direction of like, well, I'm going to put fun because I want to be welcoming and comfortable and personal, but I'm going to put, I'm going to brand myself as fun. And then there's going to be people that are like, I mean, like, that's great that you're fun, but like, I want my wedding day to also have, I want my wedding day to also have sentimental moments and I don't want it to be silly. Yeah. And so again, there's nothing wrong with any of these words. It's just a matter of using them within the right context and making sure that they like that you feel really confident about the way that they speak to making sure you understand what they're actually saying. Right. Right. And so when Weston and I were talking about this the other day, you had a really good example of connotation when it came to old, like kind of like bringing up like, okay, let's explore a little bit more about connotation, which I know that we all, we all get it, but just kind of hammering home so that that way you can really start to think about the way that you position things. Because what I've learned with marketing in general is that it, it just all comes back down into how you position something. Like you can say pretty much anything that you want. And there's a lot, I've run into a issue or situations with a lot of people where they're like, well, this is kind of how I want to say, but that sounds bad. And then it's like, well, let me just wordsmith it. And then I 
throw it out like this is the way that you say it and then they're like oh wow that actually sounds like perfect and I'm like yeah and then the person who also cares about the same thing is gonna is gonna resonate with that which Mm -hmm. is what you want okay so anyways yes give your your so yeah connotation quick breakdown Uh, (laughs) so we have you know, you have three different types of connotation. You have neutral connotation, positive connotation, and negative connotation. So in the example of old, old being the neutral, antique would be the positive because it like brings in an image of like the Titanic. Yeah, like, vintage. Yeah, like rich. Yeah, very rich, like Preserved. antique stores. And then a negative connotation for old would be decrepit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that brings to you know, mind like a really old building that's falling falling apart. Things that can't be used. Like it's like they, they're all saying the same thing of basically like this is from a time in the past. This is mm-hmm. from the past, but they're but one has worth and one doesn't. Yeah, they're painting it with different flavor. Another thing that's like a bit broader. So like connotation kind of comes from you know it can be like the whole country. Like America has its certain Mm. words that have its own connotation but it can also like it can get down to like very specific regions so like for example if you went to the north and you're from the south everybody here you know we just kind of flippantly say like yes sir yes ma'am stuff like that but if you went to the north anytime you said if you called anybody sir or ma'am it's like very insulting right like if you called a 30 year old ma'am ma'am it's like I'm not 70. Yeah. Why are you saying that to me? But in the South, like people say it and it's like, you know, a term of just like respect. Like it's just kind of like, uh, it's just a part of the culture here. It's also sometimes expected. Like it's considered rude if you don't use it. Yeah. So, you know, I had friends when I was in high school who they were like from the North because Goldsboro is a military town and they would get, you know, reprimanded Mm -hmm. because they would be like, people would be like, yes, what? And he'd be like, yes, sir. I mean, I'm from up north and people <laughs> don't say that. And then another example for the south is like, if you're not from the south, you don't understand the connotation of bless your heart. Right. You know, that sounds, you know, depending on how somebody says it, you can kind of pull the connotation from it. But just straight up, it sounds like, oh, it's kind of nice. But like everybody knows if you're in the South, everybody knows that it's not a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's passive like, aggressive. Oh. And sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. So there's a connotation to that that only people of the Southern region would understand. So those are just things to think about, like kind of where are the people who are reading your things coming from? Mm-hmm. What culture are they in? What words are you, what words are you using? Are there any cultures that you're trying to like get into that, mm-hmm. you know, just make sure you understand your audience yeah, uh, and how they're going to receive what you're kind of putting out there. Right. Yeah. And I think that it's also, uh, it's like industry could be industry specific mm-hmm. too, where I use the example of like the word budget in the wedding industry has kind of taken on a life of its own where it's like, by definition, a budget is just, this is how much money I have to spend. And everybody within the wedding industry has a budget. Like mm-hmm. you, you just, I mean, I guess there are some people that don't have a budget, but they still have a budget of like, this is how much money I have to work with for this specific thing that I'm doing. But 
it's hard. Like I've seen some people where like we've been working on copy for photographers' websites and I just am like, we just, you just basically can't use the word budget anywhere, even though like we were talking about like the context of the word was like, if you could have your, your dream wedding with like unlimited budget, what would you have? And it's like, well, we can't even put that. You don't even really want to say it unless you have the opportunity to give a lot of context because sometimes now it's like people won't even enter into the conversation because they saw that word as a part of it. And it's like either that attracts the people that do have a budget and they're like considered quote unquote low budget or they have a smaller budget than we call, you know, like budget brides. And it's Mm -hmm. like, then you're attracting people that they have a, there is a reputation of people with lower budgets, not valuing the work as much. That's obviously not true for everybody, but that can be true where it's like nickel and diming. And then you have the people that if you, they have really large budgets and they don't want to be perceived as a budget bride. And so if they see the word, they're like, well, I'm not, that's not me. And I wouldn't even read that. So I think it's also, it's like knowing your audience and knowing your ideal client down to the culture and where they come from and the way that they perceive specific words. And then also thinking about like who you're actually speaking to when it comes to ideal client too, where it's like, I've run into this where if your ideal target market is senior, high school seniors, okay, so 17, Mm -hmm. but they're not often paying for the thing that you are doing. So like, again, I'm talking about in context of photography, but the parent is going to be paying for something. So you want to make sure that you are speaking also to and using words that that is going to speak to them and to sell them as well. And then, yeah. And then also thinking about within the industry, like picking words that make sense for your industry. Like I think about that within the, within the creative, <laughs> it's like weird. Cause it's yeah. like the creative industry, but the rest of the world doesn't really understand what that means. But I tell people like I'm in the creative industry. And then I have to explain, like, it's like, an industry of people that are mostly, it's a lot of women, a lot of like solopreneurs that are using their talents to create business. And we've just kind of lumped them into the creative industry, even though I think it's expanding a lot more. I think it's expanding to, there's more men. I think it's also like, now there's like, lawyers for creatives and then it's like now they're kind of in the creative industry Mm. because that's who they're working with but we have like the creative industry uses the word educator which is interesting because like I was just looking the other day I had I went to the creative educators conference in January and we got stickers that say like motivator it says something like motivator whatever whatever and then it says educator and I have it on my water bottle and I was like motivator innovator yeah. Right? Yeah. All good fun words. Yeah. But it says the last word is educator. And I said, it, I was thinking about it the other day because I had it on my water bottle. And I was like, this is so funny because if someone in the real world read this, they would think I was a teacher. Yeah. Like if I were to tell people like, oh, I'm a creative educator. Or if, so, I mean, if someone were to say I'm a creative educator, it's like. Everybody's first thought would be like, oh, so you are like a Montessori teacher. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So it's just kind of interesting how also within you want to like pick words that 
speak to the people that you're actually trying to speak to because it's like it doesn't really matter that the rest of the world doesn't know what a creative educator is because there is a very specific group of people that they know exactly what that is and they're going to go for that person where if you tried to like get creative so that your words spoke to the mass audience like that like you're gonna lose the people that you actually want to talk to because they're just like well I'm looking for a creative educator and it doesn't sound like that's what you are so moving on <laughs> yeah it's basically use the words of the group that you want to be in like yeah. every group has their jargon yeah so just use the jargon it's like kind of the idea of dress for the job you want right talk like the group that you want to be in right or are trying to attract. Right. So if you want real world people, then you need to use, you need to make sure that you're not using words that are like, you know, like the creative educator example. You wouldn't want to use educator if you're trying to market to real world people because they would be like, oh, so you're just like a teacher. Yeah. Like it's like they don't understand. You're using words from a group that they're not privy to. Right. Um, right. But if you want people from the group, yeah. That are privy to what that means, then use that word. Right. So it's just all about knowing where you want to be and understanding what they say. Yeah. And how they understand it. Well, and I think that the whole thing that this is so interesting, and this is where, like, this is where I just truly get fired up about this stuff is because it's so, it's such a delicate balance between, like, Choose the words that speak truly to who you are and what you want to be. But then you also need to speak to the words that are getting people that people understand and that like where they're at. And sometimes I find that when I'm helping people figure out, like hone in their messaging, or if we're working on copywriting on websites, which are the projects that I'm working on right now that I'm like so stoked about, I can't like wait to share more about them and that's kind of the hope for the podcast is to like what's the word like chronicle mm -hmm. the journey of these different client projects so that you can kind of apply some of the concepts to your own business but it's so interesting because sometimes when you are trying to train a market or you're trying to develop a demand for something and you're like, I know that these people want this thing, but they just don't know what words to search for. They don't really know what they're looking for yet. You almost have to give them, you almost have to use the words to like get their attention because they're like, oh, yep, I know what that is. And then almost like a bait and switch thing where you're like, mm-hmm, I know you want this thing over here. And then when they get in there, you're like, actually, this is the word that you should be using because this is the word that describes what we're doing. Mm. And so I think that like, even within more than creative, I'm having to do all of this stuff for myself with my own messaging and figuring out exactly what that looks like, because what we're doing right now or the direction that we're heading is going to be a lot more copywriting esque, but it's not, it's copywriting because that's the easiest way for people to understand what it is, but it's not copywriting in the traditional sense of we're doing all of the writing for you. And also same thing, like I said, when More Than Creative launched, I'm calling it a marketing agency because that's what it's going to look like. And that's the easiest thing for people to like wrap their head around what the vision is. But it's also going to look a lot different than what 
it looked like. So, yeah. yeah. So sometimes you just kind of have to feel it out where sometimes you use the word so that people can immediately go, oh, okay, like I understand the context. And then it just allows you a little bit more of their attention for you to be able to continue to explain actually what you want them to know about you. Yeah. And I do have to say that like, boiling something down to very few words is very very hard yeah like that's, that it's is probably like it's way harder than writing a paragraph saying <laughs> saying something in few words is like the sign of a really really good writer so if you're feeling very overwhelmed trying to boil something down to one word and just like trying to make one word fit well i would give yourself some room mm-hmm. and allow you know i would focus more on like getting a paragraph that feels like you yeah and then getting a sentence that feels like you like work down that way because that's kind of what the idea of the whole like i am this but not this is trying to make you do is basically like use more words to describe yourself so we can like see the full picture and then try and find a word that like fits the full picture the Mm -hmm. best Because I think if you start, I think it would be very, very difficult to start off just trying to pick one word. Right, right. And the questions of, like within the onboarding questionnaires of the five adjectives that you are and the five that you're not, it, even with Kelsey's and then I followed suit with mine, it's, it's like probably like the last question that you answer so that you've already gone through all of the brain work of... Yeah, you kind of primed yourself dumping all of the things and describing all of the different aspects of your business so that you can kind of go back and look. But I will say that one of the things that I am finding, and this was again, like a hole that I wanted more than creative to fill within the industry is that I do feel pretty confident that I can, that we can give a lot of information about how to do this stuff to try to start the conversation with you. But I do think that ultimately in order to find something that you feel really confident in and that you feel validated in is that you will need to do this with somebody else at some point, even if it's just, I mean, just another person. You just need a sounding board. Right. Right. What is this? How about this? Because I mean, we've mentioned it before. I've mentioned it before. Writing is very lonely. Entrepreneurship is also very lonely. So it's just like you need, it's really good to have someone there that you can just kind of let ideas flow mm-hmm. and then they can be like, mm, yeah, yeah, mm, no. And just kind of keep you going. So you're not worried about, you're not worried about editing your stuff. Right. You're just, right. you're just thinking you're, it's your time to think. And they're basically taking note. And, right. You know, and I think it would be good too for it, that, that role to be played by multiple different people. So for me, whenever I'm creating something new, I have like my, my like board of people that I send things to. A lot of that is like my mom, my dad, and my brother. I have my friends that are just friends like outside of the industry that they would probably fit more in the, my ideal client realm. And then I have my friends that are in my industry. And so again, like you've got all of these different people that when they're reading it, they're going to be able to give you the feedback of like, well, when you say this, this is what I think, or you're saying that, but I don't really think that that describes it you, or I feel like you could go deeper because it sounds very similar to what 
somebody else is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's good to get like have a group of people, and that should also feel encouraging if you're a person who hasn't necessarily found like your business bestie, or you don't have like a group that you feel like is doing the same thing as you. That that the feedback that you're getting doesn't necessarily need to come from someone it almost might even be better for it to be an outside source because i found myself it can come from anyone getting a little too industry you know Mm -hmm. and then it's like other people are like i have no idea what you're actually talking about like that you're assuming that everybody thinks that we all know what a charger is at a wedding when it's like the app like a lot of people don't know what chargers are so like you kind of gotta you just gotta know your audience and get feedback from a couple different places and then weigh those opinions appropriately. Cause there's sometimes where people, you know, where I've gotten feedback where it's like, well, that word doesn't make sense. And I'm like, well, it doesn't make sense to you because you're not my ideal client. And, and that's fine. Like, yeah. Cause then it's, if you just get feedback, you're, you're just like learning where you're hitting and where you're not. Right. And then if you know who you're trying to hit, it's basically like throwing a dart at the board. Right. And just being like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's where I wanted it. Right. You know? And then also, if you then want to have somebody that's like a professional who does this kind of stuff, this is where like we are really excited to be working with people because I think this specific exercise is one of the things that I love working through with people the most, especially since I feel like I'm pretty good at reading and knowing the direction that people want to take with their brands and then being able to kind of workshop alongside them to figure out what the word actually is because you'll know it when you hear it kind of thing like there be will be times where I'm like well maybe it's not this but it's this and then and then it's kind of like I don't know and then but then when you finally like sit with it and you just repeat it to yourself, it feels like, it feels like a custom coat. And you're like, oh, this is like tailored yeah. specifically to me. It's the best feeling in the world. And then you can kind of like move forward. And there's something about having every person that I've worked with that we've been able to really hone in those five words to describe themselves. It's like the the way that they walk away with that clarity just makes a lot of other things easier where it's like, okay, I've seen the improvement in their Instagram captions and I've, and and that's like something that's so small. But then you also think about like the power of having those stuff and then going and investing eight to $10,000 in a brand and website project, but you feel really confident about the direction that you're sending those people off. Yeah, because you have such focus. Right. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so that's my encouragement to you guys. This is, I think this would be a fabulous exercise, especially now that it's kind of the middle of the year. The summer seems to be just like a slower time for everybody. If this is the height of your season, I'm sorry, you guys can revisit this in the winter months. <laughs> but if you start to do this exercise, which I think that you should do it on your own first and then get some feedback from people within your circle. But if you're having a really hard time with it or you want some validation, you want to like, go through and make sure that everything looks good, please reach out to us because, again, this is the kind of stuff that we live for. So, okay, anything else you want to add? I guess this is a final shot or a final thought that I can share with everybody. I was listening to the past episodes about, like, core values and stuff. Uh-huh. And I was, like, thinking about 
I guess my core values with like what I care about, like the work I do mm-hmm. or like what kind of like what I want to do with my life and like what I want to make with it, I uh-huh. guess. And I settled on three and okay. they feel really good. Okay, good. So the first one would be creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have always cared about like being creative and making things and fostering creativity in other people. The second one would be education. I think that these are all kind of, you know, they're all kind of paired together. Like, I think if we educate people and answer people's questions and also foster their creativity and educate them on how to be creative, I just think that is a way to make the world a better place. Mm. And then the third one, which I feel very strongly about, is accessibility. Okay. Because knowledge that people can't get to is worthless. Mm. You know, if I'm a philosopher and I lock myself in a room and I just think really deep, that's pointless because I'm not sharing it with anybody else. Hmm. So, yeah, settled on those three things and I was like, yeah, that feels real good. I love that. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, See, everybody, it's like we're all learning, lifelong learners. (laughs) Core value conversation always continues. That's another place, too, where like just picking words that really speak to... You're like, yeah, these are my these are my three words, and then it becomes something that's really easy to put in your back pocket and pull out and make sure that everything aligns. So yeah. I love that. Okay, cool. Well, now that I have I have finally accepted that I cannot do this on my own, which is just a business lesson that I think every single person has to learn over and over and over. We will be back rock and rolling with the podcast every week because Weston is now holding me accountable, which is always a funny experience as a business owner to like, you know, you, you are an entrepreneur and you get in business for yourself because you're like, I have the freedom, like control to do whatever I want. And then there is at some point where you realize I also need a manager. <laughs> I need someone who's just somebody else that you can be accountable to. Even if you, I have a pretty strong like locus of control and like what an internal motivation, but when things get chaotic and you're really trying to push yourself forward, there is nothing wrong with like stacking your team and asking for help. So I'm super excited to have him here and excited to be back with you guys and to like actually turn this thing into what my vision originally was for it. So we will see you guys next week. And if you have anything that you want us to elaborate on, or if you are struggling with something and you want our thoughts on how we think about it and process it, that would be super fun. We are now having show notes on the blog. So if you want to go back to read different, have access to resources and like read the recaps of the different podcast episodes that's there. And then there will also be a link for you to give us suggestions and feedback. So we're excited. It's turning into a thing. It's a thing. (laughs) It is a thing. (laughs) All right. Bye guys.